And from New Jersey, it's the SNL Nerds, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. And I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. Hey, Darren, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good. How you doing? Uh, How's the apocalypse treating you? Uh, you know, doing okay, doing okay here in my bunker. Um, you know, got right. my, my emergency rations all set. Um, maybe we should say up at the top, we are recording this episode a little differently from how we usually do it. Uh, Indeed we are. Um, actually, cause, well, basically because I felt a little under the weather uh, mm-hmm. this week. It's I don't, it's, I don't think it's the thing, but it's something, so we kind of didn't want to risk it, so... We're doing it uh, through the interwebs today. Yes, yes. We are recording this online through high-tech means, so we are not in the same room. Um, so if we if we accidentally cut each other off more than usual, that is why, because we cannot see each other. Uh, right. You, this is all. It's all theater of the mind right now. Yeah. Usually, when we record this podcast, we are in the same room, in the same studio, gazing into each other's eyes throughout the entire hour and Quite scary. Uh, yeah yeah and then we have a little tradition where we sneeze into each other's mouths at the end of every show um yeah that's, that's how we say good show and in in retrospect maybe that was a mistake um in retrospect in retrospect yeah, but you know we can't look in, we can't look back in the past we gotta look forward to the future yeah exactly exactly i mean mistakes were made right but, specifically you know, sneezing in people's mouths yeah yeah, but Who knew? what are we going to do? But, Who knew? Uh, this, is, this is also a special episode because today, the day we are recording this, is Darren's birthday. Yay! Hooray! That is true. Happy birthday, birthday, Darren. Thank you. Thank you, good sir. That's right. Uh, yeah, you're older, your you're original dead. birthday plans were kind of ruined by, uh, by yeah. everything being canceled. Yeah, kind of. Like, now uh, I got to stay home in my pajamas and, you know, stare at a computer screen, which, you know, it's, that's nice, too. But, you sure. know, can't go out. So, you know, womp womp. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. But, I mean, we since it is your birthday, we decided to do one of your favorite movies. And we are doing Tropic Thunder. Damn straight we are. Right, yeah. one of the one of the greats. Uh, Tropic oh. Thunder. What? Yeah, Tropic Thunder uh, was done in uh, 2008. Directed, uh, written and directed, and starring Ben Stiller. Right, be- written uh, Ben Stiller, Justin Thoreau, and Ethan Cohen. Yes. Budget of 92 mil, made 195 mil. This was, as they say in the industry, a hit. Yeah, yeah, and it also stars uh, Jack Black and uh, Mr. Robert Downey Jr. Uh, uh, RDJ, why didn't he do more comedies? Like he, like I mean, for those that are this, he really stole every scene in this movie. I I gotta say, he is really really great. Um, and and when you think that this came out the same summer as Iron Man, or the oh same year as Iron Man, I can't remember what what when did it open? It opened in like August, right? August thirteenth, yes. August thirteenth. Okay. So, so in one summer, RDJ has Iron Man, a cameo in The Incredible Hulk, and Tropic Thunder. That is one of the best years an actor has ever had. He came in like a wrecking ball. He did. God bless him. And he walked out of this movie with an Oscar nomination. Oh wait. Oh yeah. He he was nominated, right? He was nominated. He was legit nominated. He is playing 
uh, a character, a five-time Academy Award winner, Kirk Lazarus. Um, but he, he, actually, he actually got a, a for real Academy Award nomination out of this movie. And deservedly so, I think. Yeah, here's the dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. He was. He was. And, uh, I mean, if if you're not familiar with it, uh, you know, first of all, get off your ass. Um, but <laughs> second of all, the, the, the movie, it's about a group of actors. They are shooting a Vietnam movie, um, a movie that's like... It, the movie it's like it's supposed to be like sort of a Saving Private Ryan type of thing, where where a group of soldiers they're going after to rescue this one guy, and right. uh, and yeah, I mean uh, it basically yeah, I think, and uh, they, it, it takes on all like the Vietnam movie tropes that are like in every Vietnam movie, but this movie is actually more of a commentary on showbiz and actors and Hollywood than it is right, just right like one movie yeah, and it it, it it's about how actors can get too into their roles or who, how actors can get too full of the themselves and uh we've we've got a motley crew of of actors in this movie actors playing actors who are just lost without a clue um yeah i mean i mean i really love the way this movie began like with the me? commercial and uh the, the three fake uh, movie trailers like yeah, that's a really creative way to begin a movie it's a really and it, and it's before you even get like the 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 DreamWorks logo at the beginning. So they they put this right at you know you're seeing this in the trailer. You're seeing this right after genuine trailers, and it the movie opens up with a uh, a commercial for Al Pacino and his products, booty sweat and bust a nut. Um, <laughs> so uh, booty sweat. Al Pacino, he's he's a young rapper. He's getting into the movie business, and he's he's uh, singing a song all about how he he loves a certain type of private parts. Right, he loves it. Loves it. He loves the lady parts. And, yeah, and uh, it looks like a genuine commercial for some, you know, for like a energy drink, and it just happens to be called booty sweat, and it's just like shot like a fisheye lens, hype Williams rap video style. Right. And it's just like, wait, what is it? like? It, it, it takes you off guard for a minute. Mm -hmm. It's it's pretty something else. And uh, and then they show this movie trailer for uh, Scorcher Six, which is a franchise of action movies by Tug Speedman, played by Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller, yeah. So Tug Speedman, he's like this big action star. He had this big hit movie Scorcher about like the Earth falling out of orbit and the yes. Earth becoming too hot to live on. That's Scorcher. Yeah, and 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 that movie became so successful that they did five more, and we're seeing the trailer for Scorcher Six, where the, they've beaten the premise into the ground, so now <laughs> the Earth is freezing. <laughs> yeah, so it's different now. It's different now, and you know it's it's time to go back again, again. <laughs> and that's uh, Scorcher Six: Global Meltdown. Yes. Uh, yeah. Then you, we get a another trailer for Fatty's. Part two, where uh, oh. it's um, Jeff Portnoy, who's a comedic actor played by Jack Black, and literally it's just him in like different fat suits playing different people, and it's it's literally just like two minutes of everybody farting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's uh, it's basically they're they're having a, a jab at uh, Nutty Professor Two, the Clumps, where Eddie Murphy played his entire family, and they were all very overweight and uh yeah yeah 
So this is, you know, this is a, a comedy sequel, so it's obviously very successful, and it's just yeah. fat people farting and. Well, uh, MC Hammer, you can't touch this place in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh no, I was gonna say, like, I'm surprised they weren't playing uh, James Brown. I feel good, because like that's this seems like the type of comedy that would play that. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that's that's been used in hacky ways and a lot of bad comedies. Yeah, and. Uh, it's yeah, like, I mean, it's either like I feel good or a tone look wild thing, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this movie looks horrible, but you can easily imagine it being a huge success. It's because farts are funny. Yeah, it's funny when yeah. it's funny when farts happen. Yeah, and it, and you know, in the in the third one, they'll do a crossover with uh, with Chris Rock's uh, a bear character from from Top Five. Oh, it's Hammy! Look at you tying in old episodes we've done. Yeah, yeah, I can huh. I can easily see that happening. Um, and then we have a third movie trailer uh, with for for a movie called Satan's Alley with five time Academy Award winner Kirk Lazarus, who is uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character, and MTV Best Kiss Award winner Tobey Maguire. And uh, this is a Brokeback Mountain type of movie where there are two young monks and they have the forbidden passion for each other, and and we see Toby like reaching over to like gently stroke him, yeah. uh, RDJ's rosary beads. Yeah, you hear like Enya in the background, you know it's about to get sexy. <laughs> yeah, and it's and this is even funnier if you've ever seen the movie Wonder Boys, because uh, I don't think I have. Actually. Okay, well in the, in the movie Wonder Boys, Robert Downey Jr. plays like a literary agent who seduces Tobey Maguire's character, and they did this movie uh, somewhere in the early two thousands. It was a uh, uh, Michael Douglas uh, movie and RDJ plays Michael Douglas's literary agent. So, you know, in, in the. Oh, interesting. I didn't yeah, know that. So, so they, they'd actually already done a movie. I mean, the movie's not really about their two characters. It's just kind of a, a runner in the movie, but uh, <laughs> they, they have done a movie where they had a gay affair. So, wow. yeah. Look, I did not. Well, I mean, spoiler alert, but wow, I didn't know that. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so that establishes our three main characters. Well, uh, the four four of the main characters from the movie because right. we have the Al Pacino commercial in there too. But the three right. characters, and it it just establishes the absurd world that this movie exists in. Yeah, and like all those things that they mentioned that were in the trailer that they and the commercial they showed, like they do get mentioned throughout the movie. So when they mention something, you'll be like, oh, I know what he's talking about because I saw the the, the trailers. Yeah, yeah, and this this movie it does a really nice job of like setting everything up and paying it all off, and every character has an arc. I was I was really impressed with the writing of this movie, and Ben Stiller, uh, I think he spent like well over a decade writing this movie. Really? Yeah, yeah. I was reading about it. Uh, like he's it started out as kind of inspired. He was Ben Stiller has a small part in Empire of the Sun, and it was around the time that they were Hollywood was making a lot of Vietnam movies like Platoon or Hamburger Hill or Full Metal Jacket. And so Ben Stiller was hearing from his other young actor friends about they had to go to boot camp to train for these, these Vietnam movies. And they were talking about how it was such a spiritual experience and how it really helped them identify with people who went off to war. And Ben Stiller was like, come on, man, you're an actor who went to boot camp for, you know, the like Hollywood boot uh -huh. camp for a few weeks. That that's not like going to yeah. war, and and <laughs> oh, it's not. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a difference from what <laughs> I understand. 
<laughs> but I wasn't able to check my phone for like five hours. Yeah, so yeah. don't tell me I don't get it. Yeah, I haven't over don't tell me I haven't overcome hardships. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and and in the original draft of the script, apparently it was actors who went off to Hollywood boot camp and then they came back with PTSD. <laughs> oh lordy. But, <laughs> but you know, it sort of evolved oh into this movie, and then so it's actors who are playing uh, soldiers in a Vietnam movie, and then they get thrown into this real situation. But they're so dumb and so into themselves, they don't realize that they are in real danger for most of the movie. Um, All right. I like it. So, yeah. Kinda, so we, it kind of has but, like a Three Amigos feel to it. Yeah, it kind of does. I hadn't made that uh, connection before, but yeah, that's a good point. That's a good oh, point. Boom. Uh, and so... so okay. after, after these trailers and uh, the, the commercial, we go into the first scene of the movie within the movie, which is like the big a big climactic action sequence uh, that they're filming, and uh, it it's it's like over the top enough that you get a lot of humor out of it. Like you, Jay Baruchel is in there playing yes, a he character. Plays, uh, Brooklyn, he plays. Yes, yeah, he he plays a character named Brooklyn, and he gets shot very early on. He's like the sacrificial lamb, and he just has an absurd amount of intestines spilling out of him, like more than could yeah. ever possibly fit into a human body. And, yeah. and 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 this is also a high tense situation because like Tug Speedman and Kirk Lazarus, Robert Downey Jr.'s character, they're trying to get their big emotional scene right, and at the same time. The, the movie, they've got these planes coming in that are supposed to drop these bombs. And, and so we have these big fireballs in the background. And we've got uh, uh, Danny McBride, uh, who you might know from uh, Eastbound and Down and uh, Footfuss Way and some other things like that. He's playing the, the demolitions guy, the, uh, the explosive uh, expert for the movie, Cody. Yes, Cody, exactly. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so like... Um... So I mean, the, this whole scene that, that they're shooting is where um, they try to save the the team, the platoon is trying to save uh, Four Leaf Taylor, who is mm -hmm. the played by Nick Nolte, who right. is the guy who wrote the book that this whole movie is based on. And uh, he, he wrote the book based on his real life experiences. He was the guy who was rescued in Vietnam, and and yeah, they start right. out with a, with a crawl saying like, you know, of the ten men who went, only four came back. Of those four, three wrote books. Of those three, two were published. Of those two, one got a movie deal. This is the story of that movie. Yeah. And, you know, so it really just puts you right into the right tone early on. Yeah, very much so. And uh, so they, in this scene, like, they they, uh, they found Four Leaf, played by Ben Stiller, in the scene. Um, yeah. And they're dragging him back to the copper. The chopper, rather, copper. The, the chopper. chopper. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, like somebody, and one of the Vietnam are throwing a, bo a pipe bomb, and he swats it away with his hands, and right. the pipe bomb blows his hands up. Yeah. And he's like, and that's where uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character and Ben Stiller's character is supposed to have like the like the tear jerking, you know, this is it, I'm I'm about to die scene, right. and like you see Robert Downey Jr. holding up Ben Stiller's where his hands were, but they're Kept just slumped. like, yeah. Yeah, they're like bloated, and he's got like they say in the commentary, like he's got like starfish at the end of his wrists. Yes, very good. It's like it looks so ludicrous. It's funny. It's yeah, yeah. They 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 did a good job of making the violence over the top enough 
and not too gory that you, you don't get repulsed by it. You're just like, oh, that looks so hilariously fake. And uh, and, right, exactly. and, Kirkman and and Kirk Lazarus, they're, they're kind of trying to one up each other. They're both trying to be more emotional and, and sort of steal the scene. And they start feuding because of that. And, uh, yeah, and it gets into a problem. Yeah, and, and the director, uh, uh, played by Steve Coogan, uh, he's playing the director, uh, Damien, what was his last name? Cockburn. Uh, Cockburn. Damien Cockburn. He's, he's, you know, he's being driven nuts because he's got these temperamental actors. Everything that could go wrong in his movie is going wrong. Yeah, basically, um, that, well, then when this happens, then they kind of cut to an episode of uh, Access Hollywood with Marina Menounos who gives some backstory about what's going on. Basically, this production is uh, not going well. They're two weeks behind. The yeah. director, he's like a first-time director. He's so he's not wrangling in his actors like he should be. And like everything is pretty much uh, going to pot, but the actors don't really care. They just want this. Could, could, they just want to get this done so they can get paid and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. We see the director, uh, Damien. He he starts throwing a temper tantrum, and Danny McBride's character mistakes that for the signal to have the planes come in. So there's a huge uh, explosion going on behind them, and it happens when their cameras aren't rolling, and Robert Downey Jr.'s character is in the bathroom. So. Yeah. They, They've blown like four million dollars, and the Access Hollywood story says they're one month behind schedule and and only five days into shooting, which I don't think <laughs> how that's possible. But yeah, I did the math. I don't know if that works out right. Yeah, but it's it's just the the over the top uh, world that this movie exists in. So it's yeah, it's kind of hilarious. Yeah, uh, but then um, Maria Menounos goes into each other actor's backstory a little bit when she's you know summarizing what's happening she talks about uh jeff portnoy who is a uh, a big drug addict who's had issues with uh substance abuse he was arrested jack on Black's character sorry this is jack, yes, Black's, jack Black's, Black's character jeff i don't think we've said his name yeah, his, yeah. his actor name before oh sorry yeah jack black is jeff portnoy he's had issues with uh heroin glue and crack possession mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. just basically like had problems with drugs um, Kirk Lazarus, who's playing Lincoln Osiris in this one, he under uh, because he's like one of those big method actors. He yeah. does something uh, a bit controversial mm-hmm. <laughs> in this movie, where he un he undergoes um, because the character he's playing, Lincoln Osiris, is a black man. So mm-hmm. he go, he undergoes a pigment like operation pigment to actually change operation himself. procedure is what they called it. Yes. So basically, he he's he turned himself into a black man, yeah. and yeah, and he, he has his skin like surgically darkened somehow. Yeah, they they don't go into the technical specifics, which is probably a good idea. But and and Kurt Lazarus is also this this sort of bad boy off camera who's misbehaving. They, they show like him standing on a hotel balcony and he's naked and his his genitals are pixelated out. <laughs> and, uh, all out in all its glory. Yeah, he, I mean, I, if I had, I mean, I would say he was kind of based off of like uh, Russell Crowe, maybe mm-hmm. a Christian Bale type. Yeah, yeah, it, it's or, very much that type. And like, uh, like Jeff Portnoy, like Jack Black's character, he's he's kind of like a uh, like a Chris Farley type, where you know he's he's comedically very successful, but he's he's had his his problems with the substance abuse. And, right, like like Farley Belushi. 
Yeah, exactly. And and we also find out where Tug Speedman, Ben Stiller's character, is in his career. Uh, he's tried to break out of the action movie thing. He did a movie called Chitlin and the Dude with uh, Martin <laughs> Lawrence. And we, we don't see anything about this besides the movie poster. But, uh, you know, judging from the title, uh, you get it. not that great. And uh, he, But he's also tried to prove himself as a dramatic actor uh, with a movie called Simple Jack. Oh boy! Where he uh, he's so, he's playing uh, you know it's a like an inspirational Forrest Gump type of thing. That's what they were going for. But uh, yeah, he's playing a, a mentally handicapped person who uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, and he he makes uh, bad choices in this in, in this performance. Yeah, basically the movie's panned by everybody. It it was reviewed as like the worst movie ever, and yeah. it's it, like. It's like he's basically on the downslide because he's he's on the wrong because they showed a clip of him on uh, Tyra Banks and Tyra Banks saying, you know, people are saying to you, people close to you are saying, yeah, you're on the wrong side of 40, like mm -hmm. one more bad movie and it's over. Yeah. And which Tug says, oh, people said they were close to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. And we see enough of Simple Jack to know that to see that it is horrible. And he he just went way over the top with his performance as Jack and, you know, just stuttering. Yeah, it's it's pretty cartoonish. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. cartoonish. Yeah. You m m m make me happy. And oh, yeah. And it's, it just, <laughs> it's made of cringe. It is made of cringe. Uh, yeah. And, and we also have uh, we have Matthew McConaughey as uh, Tug's agent. Uh, I believe his name was Nick. Is that right? Uh, Rick. Rick Peck. Rick. Rick. Rick Peck. Yeah, they were uh, apparently Ben Stiller's real agent is named Nick. They were saying that on the commentary. Um, oh, interesting. And yeah, and and Matthew McConaughey he's, he's very devoted to his client, and he's he, and he's trying to make sure that that uh, Tug Speedman is getting all the luxuries that he is contractually obligated to get like his his TiVo on location and like you know a personal masseuse or whatever. Right. And, and the TiVo will come into play later on in the movie. Yeah, yeah, that that's a little foreshadowing there. And yeah. um uh Matthew McConaughey is also on his end he's dealing with uh the studio head by the name of Les Grossman and his his uh assistant, Les Grossman's assistant is played by an another SNL alum, Bill Hader. Ooh, and sort of a bit part here. He doesn't doesn't have a whole lot to do, but he's very funny in in what he does do. Right, and uh, Les Grossman. I mean, don't bear the lead here, but he's played by Tom Cruise, Hollywood superstar Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise in a comedy, like you don't. He really Tom Cruise really doesn't do too many comedies, if any. Intentionally, no. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Hey, oh. Yeah, we got Tom Cruise in, in, in pretty heavy makeup. He's he's playing this middle-aged studio executive, uh, bald, beard, yeah. glasses, overweight. I um, mean, am I nuts? Or is, like, is this based off uh, Harvey Weinstein, like before? I, you, know? you know, I was thinking that there might have been some Harvey Weinstein in there because he's a very abusive guy. And, right. you know, like, since this movie was made, all these stories have have come out about what a fucking demon asshole oh. Harvey Weinstein was. I mean, you know, beyond even just the all the sexual harassment and and the rape and stuff, um which is bad enough, but he was also just hideously abusive. I I read a story 
just this week, uh, like um, Kate Beckinsale, she talked about uh, the, her movie with John Cusack, Serendipity. It premiered like shortly after 9-11. Mm-hmm. And they went forward with this gala premiere uh, even though most of the actors didn't feel like it was appropriate. And so she came in like a very restrained outfit. Um, she was in like a white suit, you know, just just trying to look yeah. very elegant. And she talks about how shortly after, I think like the next day, she and her her kid had a play date with like one of Harvey Weinstein's kids. And uh-huh. he, he takes Kate Beckinsale aside and he's like, listen, you blankety blank. I mean, he calls her a C word. Um, oh, and he's like, you know, don't you ever wreck my premiere like that again? You know, you come out and you sh- you showcase the the TNA and you know do all this and yeah, he was he was mad at her. Um, Jesus Christ! What yeah. a what a what a piece of I, I I mean I would call him a piece of garbage, but that's insulting to garbage. Yeah, holy yeah, hell! So. Yeah, what, thankfully. Thankfully, sentenced to twenty-three oh. years. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. There's at least a little justice in the world. Yeah, um, now you showed the TNA there, Harvey. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so so I I feel like I mean, of course, they never say this on the commentary or any behind-the-scenes things because Harvey Weinstein was a very very powerful man in Hollywood. But yeah, you but feel like maybe they can say it now. Yeah, you feel like there's got to be some Harvey Weinstein in there in in the I last was, I, was, I was getting heavy Weinstein vibes from it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's me too, me too. Um, <laughs> Hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, geez. Yeah, I didn't even mean that. <laughs> but yes. Um, All right. So yeah, yeah basically, there. Uh, so the crew is having an emergency meeting, like the film crew, and um, you know, with uh, Les Grossman over like a Skype thing. And of course, Les is, you know, Les Grossman, you know, Tom Cruise is playing Les. It's very unhappy. He tells the key grip to punch Damien in the face, which he does. Yeah. And um, he's basically saying, look, you either get your, you know, your cast and crew in order, or I'm pulling funny. I'm shutting this shit down, like, ASAP. Right. So, right. like, so now Damien's really feeling the pressure. He is against so, the wall. And, and so he, he talks to uh, Four Leaf Tabak, Nick Nolte's character, who wrote the book the movie is based on. Uh, and he's saying, "You gotta, you gotta get real with this. You gotta, you gotta take the actors into the jungle and don't, don't give them any assistance or luxuries or cell phones and and shoot it all gorilla style. That's what you gotta do." Yeah, and uh, yeah, and Damien gets all pumped up. He's like, "Yeah, that's what I do need to do. I need to get these, put them in the real in the real shit." So mm-hmm. uh, the next day, he grabs all the actors together, put them in a helicopter. They fly off to they fly pretty far from the base camp. And they they fly for hours and yeah they they go into the middle of the jungle and he's like this is it we're gonna we're gonna shoot this I got hidden cameras all over you're gonna go through the scenes and you're gonna you're gonna be in the shit man right you're exactly and then he gets now. like he, yeah then he like collects everybody's cell phones and he just destroys it and he says all right you're gonna do this you're gonna go meet at this river I'm giving Tug the map and the the sides once you get there. You'll, um, you know, that's where he'll be taken, and then you'll meet up and rescue Tayback. I mean, a Tayback, four leaf, yeah, four leaf Tayback, and yeah. then we'll rendezvous here, get to the chopper, and go back home. And like, you're not, and, le- we're not leaving here until this is all done. 
Right, right. We're we're shooting this all, and yeah, you're just going to be in the shit until then. Um, one thing we should say is that Tug secretly hides like one cell phone, which you know, of course, comes oh, into play right. later. Um, right. So, but yeah, yeah, but but the actors they're kind of gung ho about this idea. They're like, yeah, okay, we're going to do this. Yeah, fuck yeah. And 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 the director's like, yeah, okay, we're already. Are you ready? We're gonna do this. We're gonna go. And then he steps forward, and he immediately steps on a landmine and is blown up. Um, and the, the first time I saw that, that shocked the hell out of me. It is a shocking moment. Yeah, it is you do not see that coming. You're expecting uh, Steve Coogan to be in this movie throughout the film, but no, he he blows up and he is immediately dead. And the actors, they are all so stupid, they don't realize that that is real. They think that is something that that Damien has cooked up. And yeah, uh, like I'm, I mean, I still remember when I was watching the theater. It was like, I mean, it, the way he blew up, it was they did it in a weird way where it wasn't like gross and disgusting. It was kind of funny the way he yeah. blew up, just because he get, he gives this big rousing speech like uh mm -hmm. like in Deep Blue Sea or something, and then like he just immediately gets blown up, and then because like in the movie when it starts out, you think he's going to be like the main character or one of the right. main characters. Yeah, yeah. And it turns turns out he ain't. No, no, he's just kind of a device to get the movie going, and then boom, uh, and yeah, yeah. And, and again, it's like what I was saying before: the movie doesn't get too violent. I mean, it is it it is violent. There's a lot of action in the movie. There's there's gore in the movie, but the, it's such absurd, over the top type of gore that you're never really repulsed by it. And oh. and you you actually see uh, Ben Stiller's. Uh, Tug Speedman, he's like, oh, come on, guys, this is fake. And he, like, pulls up Damien's uh, severed head. Oh, God. <laughs> and it's just an obviously fake model head of, of Steve Coogan. And he's like, oh, come on, this isn't real blood. This is like, uh, you know, uh, a corn syrup and food coloring, you know? And, and he actually, like, licks it. Yeah. It's, and, uh, yeah. And, and we find out while Tug is doing this, that there are actually real gorillas in the jungle who are seeing this. They, like, they've detected the actors, and they're like, oh, the, these are people from the DEA coming after us because they're connected with this heroin uh, uh, organization, right. you know, manufacturer. Right. And, yeah, yeah, and, like, basically where they um, where they landed, they're not even in Vietnam anymore. Uh, right. It turns out that they're, like, in the Golden Triangle, like, so they're, yeah. like, in meat. Myanmar or Laos. So mm -hmm. there is like a heroin processing plant near yeah. where they landed. So yeah. the people who work at that plant think the actors are actually DEA agents, like uh, like you said, John. Yeah, and uh, and and wackiness ensues. Um, you know, and they, <laughs> and they see they see Tug holding up the severed head and like licking it and like putting it on the head of his rifle, and they're like, they don't fear death. <laughs> and so they're like, you know, we're up against some real badasses here, and they yeah, and they they get into a firefight with the actors, and the and the actors think, oh well, this is our first scene where we're in a firefight, and <laughs> yeah, and so they're they're posing and and posturing and doing all this this stuff and uh yeah so so now you know now things are going now now we're in business now we're up to race actually everybody thinks it's fake except for kirk ladrith i think he thinks oh i think this is real i think he's actually dead right and then right. i think uh, he tells tug about it and but tug still thinks it's fake and i think uh what you call it he tug tells kirk well if you think this is Fake. Well, why are you still in character? Why aren't you? Why don't you drop the, the accent? Yeah. And he's yeah. like, well, I don't. 
I don't drop it. I don't drop. I stay in character. I don't. I stay in character until the like the uh, the the DVD commentary. Yes. Or I don't yeah. drop character until the DVD commentary. Yeah, and and throughout this movie, like Robert Downey Jr., he's he's doing he's playing Kirk Lazarus, this big method actor, and he, who's playing uh, uh, Lincoln uh, Osiris, uh, a black man. And so he's doing this sort of this fake gravelly black man voice, and you know it's like it's like just this side of Amos and Andy, you know, you, like yeah. you realize pretty quickly, Kirk Lasseter has next to no idea of what black people are really like. Yeah, well, they don't have them in Australia. I don't know what to tell you. He's, he's just playing his vague idea of what this this uh, black man is is like. Um, but but the makeup on Robert Downey Jr. is really really impressive, and uh, they, yeah. they have the great makeup artist Rick Baker working on this movie, and they really did a great job on Robert Downey Jr. He is still recognizably Robert Downey Jr., but he they with the, with the skin and the the wig, and they gave him like a fake nose, and I think they he might have built up his lips a little bit. So he he looks kind of like what Robert Downey Jr. would look like as a black man, and and the makeup is convincing enough that you you buy into it. He does not look like a a white man in blackface. Right. Yeah. It's very it's very it's really well done. Like I remember when they showed like the pictures off set, uh, like on like Entertainment Weekly or something like that, like yeah. years ago when this before the movie came out, and everybody was like, "Oh, that's uh, that's interesting." It really yeah. took everybody aback. Yeah, and it's I mean. I don't see this working without the incredible makeup job that Rick Baker and his people did. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, you, this, you don't want to have like another soul man incident. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this, this is something that could have gone so wrong either in, in the script stage and the direction in the performance in the makeup, but they, they pulled it off and there wasn't really a whole lot of blowback as I recall. Um, no, I mean all the blowback was for uh, the simple Jack stuff. Yeah, yeah. the 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 film was uh, picketed apparently be uh, by um, uh, rights groups for uh, uh, disability advocacy groups, and you know, like the the simple Jack stuff. Yeah, it's pretty bad, especially if you take it out of context. And apparently, they had websites for. Um, for the various actors, then there was a Simple Jack website, and they uh, they took down the Simple Jack website after uh, after these protests started. Which uh, yeah, yeah, that was, a, that was a smart move. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, yeah, if you see it in the context of the movie, though, you can you can get it, and yeah, it's it's more of a goof on like you know Ben Stiller's character, like Robert Downey Jr.'s character. He has no idea how to play the person he's supposed to play, so. He does a bad job at it. <laughs> huh. uh, you know, yeah, but like through the movie, uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. He is talking about you know his struggles as a black man, and Al Pacino, who is a genuine black man, is like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's very much so. I mean, it's it's just short of a minstrel show, really. <laughs> it's. It gets, uh, yeah, it gets close, but I mean, I, I, I will talk about it later, but like I have theories on how, not theories, but like there are ways I, I saw them do that they did that like kind of kept them away from that. Like just when they looked like they were getting close to it, uh -huh. like there were like, there's something there to pull it back. Do you want to get into that now or do you want to save that till later? 
Uh, well, maybe we can talk about it now. I mean, basically, well, one of the characters, uh, Al Pacino, played by uh, Brandon T. Jackson, I believe his name is, I think he was in there to sort of keep him in check a little bit, just like when they thought, I mean, they address it, like, later on in the movie, where he, where they talk about, like, why do you even want to be in this movie, and he talks to the rapper Al Pacino, and he say, well, you know, I knew somebody had to represent, because there was one, uh, there was one role for, like, a, a black man, and he gave it to a white guy, right, type of thing. Right. And that, you know, that kind of could mirror you know, like the Scarlett Johansson stuff that's, you know, that happened not too long ago and whatnot. Yeah, so like yeah. When, so, like, whenever it, it seemed like he, Robert Downey Jr.'s character was about to go a little over the line, they always had Al Pacino to say or do something that pulled him back from the line. Yeah, and I, th I think that was a really shrewd move on, on Ben Stiller's part, is you have somebody calling him out on it within the movie. Um, so... Yeah, so whenever whenever he does something where you're just like, oh, gee, that's kind of problematic, um, you right. had literally someone in the movie being, being like, what the hell are you doing? Um, it, it, like one of the famous exchanges in this line is is uh, uh, Ben Stiller at one point, he says like, what is the matter with you people? And uh, Lincoln Osiris immediately goes, what do you mean you people? And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then we hear Al going, what do you mean you people? <laughs> There's a bunch of good stuff like like when they were like when the Al Pacino and Kirk were getting into a fight, they were saying, "Oh, they had to, they had one good part for a black man. They gave it to Crocodile Dundee, and yeah, then Kirk yeah. got all upset. It's like, hey, pump your brakes, kid. That man's a natural he, treasure." He starts really hitting hit on him uh, for being Australian in real life, and yeah. he's just like, "You are Australian, you Crocodile Dundee, Kangaroo yeah. Jack," and like in one yeah. one scene, he like hops out of frame. <laughs> And, yeah. and the look on on Robert Downey Jr.'s face, where he's just like, he is deeply pissed off, but he does not want to break character. It's it's great. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, Dingo ate your baby. Yeah. And then Kirk was like, you know, that's a true story. Yeah. He lost a kid. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing that almost sets him off and almost gets him to break character, but he is so devoted yeah. to the role. Um, he, <laughs> he will not. Yeah, it's, they, they have a good exchange. Um, all right, speaking of very funny movie. Yeah. yeah, I mean, speaking of good exchange, probably talk about the big, uh, the big, the one, one of the bigger scenes in this movie, the full R speech. Yeah, this, I mean, it's a famous line from the movie, but you know, we talked about it beforehand. We don't want to use that word uh, on this podcast. It's the R word. It's a disparaging word. Um, you know, you never go full, eh, uh, which is the right. advice that uh, that Kirk Lazarus gives to Tug Speedman. He's he's explaining to him why Simple Jack failed. He's like, you know, you you want to you want to just have a little of that, um, right? A smattering. Yeah, yeah. You know, like Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man, he was autistic. He was not. <laughs> he was not this. He's he's like counting matchsticks and and uh, counting cards in Vegas. But you know, he wasn't full on and. Uh, you know, Tom uh, Hanks and Forrest Gump. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, then it's like, oh, if you don't believe that, just talk to Sean Penn. When he was I Am Sam. He went full yeah. R and he went home empty handed. Or even like Cuba Gooding Jr. when he did radio. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it was a really interesting kind of speech they do. Like, you could tell this is exactly how maybe Justin and Ben feel about the Academy. And the fact that they put that in the movie, knowing they were t taking shots right at the academy which i don't know I thought that was pretty ballsy i mean yeah and it's i mean part of the reason that scene is so funny is because it is very true that that has become one of the, the commonly accepted shortcuts to 
winning big acting awards is you you play a person with like mental uh difficulties and you know but you can't go too over the top yeah. of it. And, they don't want, yeah they don't they don't want you to be like fully that they want you to be like a little bit of that they want you to be right. like an, an exceptional version of right, that right right yeah because we want Which we is, want people to feel good and inspired at the end of the movie yeah don't make me feel sad for you no you no, no i mean a little of that is good but uh no you, you don't want a whole movie of that uh yeah <laughs> just a sprinkle a sprinkle yeah, that that was did they even use did they use that in like the trailers and the ads i mean that that line was everywhere for a while you know it was i don't i don't think they did yeah i think that for for trailers and well, maybe they put it in the trailer. I could look at a trailer. Maybe they put it in the trailer, but I'm sure they didn't put it in like a TV ad or anything. Though. Yeah, yeah, but probably. Like, but I do know that yeah, that one scene was like huge for a while. Like everybody was quoting it. Yeah, and and that's it. Really, is probably the last moment in time that that word has been used that casually. You know, <laughs> because yeah. it seems like shortly after this movie came out, everyone was like, oh, you know that. That word's a problem. We should probably stop saying that so casually. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Like I was thinking about it. I think this might might be the last comedy that you know you could consider to be like politically incorrect. Really. Yeah. Like, I, don't... It, I mean, uh, did this come out before or after The Hangover? Oh, good question. Um, I will check. Hold on. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, because I remember that the Hangover also used that word, and, and there the joke was that um, Zach Galifianakis's character uh, was mispronouncing the word, you know. And that, <laughs> but oh yeah. Um, oh yeah, in the beginning of that movie, paging Doctor F word. Uh, yeah, well, there was that, but yeah, he was like, oh, he he, you know, uh, he. I can't remember the exact line. He was like, oh, he uh, he was able to do it, and he was a huh, huh. and uh, but uh -huh. he. He pronounced the word differently. Um, okay, all right. So uh, the Hangover came out in two thousand nine. So this came. Okay, so year after. So maybe this. Hangover was the last politically incorrect okay. comedy so, to come out. The last gasp of of this sort of uh, politically incorrect humor, and I mean, I think what this movie does really well is, I mean, they take all these things that that should be offensive like when you hear about it you know it's like oh we're doing a movie with robert downey jr in blackface from 90 percent of the runtime but they they go so over the top with it that you just have to laugh at it i think you know right exactly yeah i mean it's it's just it's very well done very shrewdly done they don't they don't really ever have a misstep in the movie that i that i can think of right right i hear you yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So uh, back to this movie. Where were we? Uh, so, so at this point, uh, Four Leaf Tayback is with Cody, the uh, demolition guy, and yeah, they're, they're, they're following along. Yeah. Sorry. They're following along the actors, and they're they're going to yeah. set off explosives and things along the way. Exactly. So they go back to where the um, the actors were last, and then they see Damien's uh, charred remains all over the place. Mm -hmm. And Four Leaf was like, "Oh my God, you killed the director." He's like, "No, I didn't do it." Like I, you know, they were they're trying to figure out what happened, and then he was like, you know, don't you can't tell anybody about this. You know, I almost blinded Jamie Lee Curtis on Freaky Friday. This one, right, ruined me. right, uh, and he had some, and he lost. We find out earlier in the movie he lost a pinky on Driving Miss Daisy, and yeah. the hilarious thing is, I don't think either one of those movies used any sort of explosives or pyrotechnics of any kind. Not to my knowledge, <laughs> no. But uh, you know, it's just so funny. Um, 
but yeah, so then um, uh, Four Leaf and Cody get into a struggle. And uh, yeah. I think we've got to mention, but like, you know, because Four Leaf was in the war and he blew off both his hands, he's wearing like hook for hands. Yeah. And yeah, like, so then both of them get into. Yeah, both of them get into a scuffle, and the hooks come off of his hands, and we find out that Four Leaf actually has both his hands. Right. Uh, he he's actually been faking it. He's never even been outside the United States. He's he was in the Coast Guard and in the sanitation crew. So so this right. overseas shoot is the first time he's left the continental U.S. Um, <laughs> exactly. And so, at that point, that's when Cody and Four Leaf get captured by the uh, heroin dealers. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, and we see, like, uh, Tug, he, he kind of goes off on his own. He falls out with the other actors, and he goes off on his own. And, and Tug goes, he kind of goes native. He, he, he's, like, trying to live off the land, and he, he kills a panda. Yeah, that's a weird, that, that scene was always weird to me. That was like, wait, what is it? I got the, for a minute, I thought that scene was like a fever dream he was having. Uh -huh. That, that yeah. just never made sense to me. It was like a... That Leonardo DiCaprio movie that I can't remember right now. Uh, uh, the the Revenant. That's it. Yeah, yeah, where he fights the bear. Um, but you know, and and Tug he kills this panda, which horrifies him because he's done all these animal rights charities with and posed for pictures with pandas. And but he's killed the panda, and when we next see him, he's wearing the panda's head as a helmet. Um, and yeah, very much so. He calls his agent on on his cell phone. Uh, he, he calls up Matthew McConaughey, and he's just like horrified by what he's done. Matthew McConaughey is like trying to talk him down. At first, he thinks, "Oh, you killed a hooker." Okay, well, here's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> I killed a panda. A panda. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't a real name, man. Just, yeah. What are you talking about? Um, oh, and, and by the way, a little little bit part in here is. Uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey's secretary, played by Yvette Nicole Brown uh, from Community, hey. who became, hey. yeah, became, had her big break, uh, you know, not too long after this movie when Community premiered. So it was neat surprise to see her. She's just in that one scene, but yeah, like, yeah, like it kind of, it kind of dawned on me. It was like, oh, I think she's like the one and only woman in this whole movie. Uh, just about like we, you know, there, there aren't a lot of women in the movie. No, not, not any significant female parts anyway. It is a sausage party. Um, well, you know, you're, you, the movie that they're shooting within the movie takes place in 1969. So, yeah, obviously not a whole lot of parts for women in the That's movie. That's true. All right, um, gotcha. That's very true. And, but uh, so before long, uh, Tug uh, Speedman is also captured by the the, the gorillas, the drug dealers. Uh, uh, Portnoy, uh, Jeff Portnoy, who's the big drug addict, he his he loses his drugs his and he starts detoxing. Uh, right, he's going through withdrawal. Yeah, um, and basically, all the guys decided to follow. Um, say, oh, did we mention uh, Sandusky? Kevin Sandusky, uh, just by Jay Baruchel, uh, who who you might know from uh, the TV show Undeclared, and he the, was he was in um, uh, a lot of the Apatow movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was the uh, Knocked Up? He was in Knocked Up. He was one of the Seth Rogen's roommates in Knocked Up, and he, right. he yeah, yeah. He's, uh, you know, this, this, and he was in um, uh, the Clint Eastwood boxing movie, the uh, Billion Dollar Baby, Million Dollar Baby? Dollar Baby, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, so in, in this movie, he plays uh, Kevin Sandusky, who's like this you know, unknown up-and-coming actor, and uh, basically all the actors are following him rather than Tug, because Kevin, he's basically, he knows how to read a map. Uh, Tug is kind of just like faking it. 
And uh, also, we find out Kevin is the only one that went to the to the boot camp that all the actors right. were supposed to go to, but no one did. And so, he like, is also the only one who bothered to read the book the script is based yeah. on, and the only one who bothered to read the script of the movie they're shooting. So, <laughs> I mean, he is the only one with any sort of real-world smarts uh, to it. Uh, yeah, uh, Kurt Lazarus, he's like, I don't read the script. The script reads me. And Kevin just goes, what does that even mean? <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, he's a great character because, like, it, it is because he is like the um, kind of the odd man out, like the unknown. Yeah. But he becomes like the one that they really, the most. He's the one who's most prepared and like the one yeah. who they really he's, need he's to. The closest thing this movie has to a voice of reason. So yes, um, yes. And throughout the movie, they call him wrong names. Instead of Sandusky, they call him Sikorsky, McCluskey, Glam Tucky. Yeah. Yeah, because no one cares about him, and he's he's just at the end of his rope by uh, by three quarters of the way through the movie. But but the the actors, thanks to Kevin's map reading abilities, they they were able to stumble on to what they think is the the POW camp of the movie, but it's really the heroin processing plant in Myanmar, and that's where right. Tug and Cody and Fourleaf are all being held prisoner, and uh and. Tug, when he's taken prisoner, he discovers that the people running this heroin processing plant, the one movie that they have is Simple Jack on VHS, and they right, recognize it, him as Simple Jack, and they, they force him to start performing as Simple Jack the entire movie. Right, because uh, he gets taken into their leader, mm -hmm. which is this, like, eight-year-old kid with a tattooed chest who's smoking yeah, cigars yeah. named Tram. yeah. Then he was then the, he like he was Tran was like beating him saying you know who sent you are you with the DEA and as he was getting beaten he was saying please don't hurt me but he was like stuttering it like Simple Jack and that's when yeah, yeah. Tran realized oh wow you're in the Simple Jack movies that's the only entertainment we have here we love you yeah, so they yeah. they force him into performing Simple Jack right and they they also decide they realize that he's like the famous Tug Speedman so they decide to hold him hostage for one hundred million and they're also they they are calling um his his agent to to demand this ransom and uh Les Grossman Tom Cruise he's he refuses and he gets he goes on this profane rant and he's like we don't negotiate with terrorists and yeah yeah like I'll I'll massacre I'll fuck you up and then after yeah. he says all that stuff he talks he looks at Bill Hader and he's saying hey could you find who that was yeah 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 um and he uh yeah <laughs> so he's Les Grossman is prepared to let Tug die just so he can collect on the insurance money later. Um, and, and he makes an offer to uh, Matthew McConaughey's character, the, the agent, uh, saying, yeah, if you, if you let Tug die, I will give you this plane, like this G5 plane that, that uh, Matthew McConaughey is lusting after. And mm. so, so we, McConaughey is at a crossroads. He doesn't know what to do. Yeah, like, do I let my friend and client die? for this plane or do i try to save a man's life yeah so uh so meanwhile the actors are you know they they decide they have to try and get tug free they only know about tug being held prisoner at this point they don't know about cody and uh four leaf uh so they right. so then they, yeah go ahead well yeah no so they, then they try to get a plan and they uh it starts off with kirk and um and Alpa saying, well, we'll go scout the place. Or as Kirk says, oh, Alpha and I are already wearing 
Earth's Mama's natural night camo. (laughs) (laughs) So wrong. (laughs) And that's when that Alpha's like, hey, watch it, Benson. Uh, But, and we, but, uh, you know, they had to wait until daylight to do this. Um, And in the meantime, they, 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 Jeff is going through really bad drug withdrawals. So they die him, they tie him to a tree as he gets the drugs out of his system. And the guys are all having like this sort of heart to heart uh, around the campfire. And they talk about like, oh, is there anyone special in your life? Is there anyone waiting for you back home? They're talking like soldiers who are actually off at war. Right, right. And over the course of the scene, we find out that uh, Al Pacino is actually secretly gay. Um, he he raps all about, you know, oh, I love the pussy, I love the pussy. And uh, we find out that yeah. he is actually secretly gay and he's he's got a crush I love on with a this person yeah. named Lance. Yeah, he's got a crush on a guy named Lance, uh, but he doesn't have the guts to come out and tell him. And uh, and the, the actors are rel- relatively understanding. Uh, uh, Kirk Lazarus just says, Everybody's gay once in a while. It's Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, I like, know. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. I was like, all right, there cool. you go. Understand Look it. at you being woke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and at one point, uh, Kevin Sandusky, I think he asked Kirk, like, oh, d- is it true what they said about were you hooking up with uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt? I always thought she was hot. Right. Kirk was like, oh, no, that's just tabloid can, you know, conjecture and whatnot. Right, right. Yeah, and but, it turned out, like, none of them are really attached to anybody. They're all, this is, this movie's all they have, and you know, we, we kind of understand why they're so desperate. So they, they have, they hatch a plan to sneak into the camp to, to rescue tug and, um, and, and Kirk decides right. to go undercover as, as, as a, as a native, uh, a guy like a rice farmer. So he like, just, he covers himself up with a, with the hat and, and uh, uh, mask over his face. Right. It looks like a character from Mortal Kombat. He, he kind of does. He kind of does. Um, and he he can speak Chinese because of one of his previous Oscar-winning roles, uh, but he didn't learn to speak very good Mandarin. So he's he's speaking to them in in very nonsensical broken Mandarin. Yeah, he's saying things like "my mother is constipated," mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it's a uh, choppy to say the say the least. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, it's it, it distracts them enough that they're able to get in there, and they they find Tug, and they they run across Cody and Fourleaf, and you know they're all trying to get right, them right. to the camp. And uh, then then we have a twist where Tug Speedman he actually wants to stay. He's he's discovered himself playing Simple Jack. He's doing five shows a day for <laughs> for them because they love Simple Jack so much. Yeah, because they, I believe they find Tug, but he's kind of like in this kind of like Apocalypse Now kind of yeah. hazy state. Like he's kind of lost his grip on reality a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like they're saying, no, no, this is my home now. What's waiting for me back there? And then like I think Kirk is able to realize, oh, no, he's going too far in the character. I got to bring him out of it. It's like, you know, oh, this, this although, takes a while. To the two of them are having a little back and forth. And I think... Through that back and forth, that's where, uh, that's where Tug says, like, uh, you know, like you're saying, I don't know who I am, but you don't know who you are, mm-hmm. and he says, like, I know who I am. I'm a dude. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. You're a dude who don't know what dude he is. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, uh, this this gives uh, Kirk Lazarus kind of a crisis, and he he has like an identity crisis. He doesn't know who he is, and he realizes he disappears into these characters because he's afraid to face himself. 
And, but like to Tug, Tug Speedman's credit, just to back up a little bit, uh, Kirk Lazarus sees a little of Tug performing as Simple Jack for the heroin uh, manufacturers. And and he's like, oh, you know, he's adjusted his performance. He, he, he took my advice. He didn't go full. <laughs> and and yeah. apparently it's a much better performance than Simple Jack. Yeah. Which, like he's just starting out, but he's getting better. Yeah, yeah. It's a, you know, like, oh, he's improving. Um, which was a very funny touch. Um, yeah, that's very nice. So, um, so yeah, so like uh, Ben Silla wants to stay. He had, he's adopted this mm -hmm. little kid. Uh, he calls half squat. Yeah, who's like this five year old who who's doesn't have any dialogue, but yeah, he he forms a bond with Tug. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, they're, and they're all like going across this bridge. They're trying to get to the chopper, and then Tug's like, "No, no, I'm gonna stay. I have more of a life here than I ever had out there." And <laughs> and so he goes back across the bridge and then he comes back like literally seconds later the five-year-old is on his back stabbing him oh yeah and, and uh yeah that's <laughs> like, like i was wrong, I was wrong. <laughs> this was a mistake this was and and uh, in the meantime cody has has wired the bridge with explosives to to cover their getaway they're going to blow the bridge as soon as they can get across it and get to the chopper yeah, <laughs> and we we see Ben Stiller like throw the five year old off his shoulders into the into the water. And yeah, I mean, also, at, oh, and also at this point, like when uh, Kirk and Tug were having their back and forth, like Kirk kind of had, like you said, like had like kind of a meltdown, and you know mm -hmm. doesn't know who he is, and but then he starts taking off the the makeup and the wig, right. and then he goes back to his blonde Australian self. Yeah, yeah, he he like he takes off the the afro wig. Well, not really an afro, but the the, the wig that he was wearing in character. And and yeah, he's like got bleach blonde hair, and he's he takes out the context, and he's got these piercing blue eyes, and and he's speaking in his native Australian accent. And yeah. uh, I feel like this the real Kirk Lazarus was had to be at least partially inspired by Mel Gibson because really? I knew like. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. like he worked with Mel Gibson. They did a movie. They did a, a Vietnam movie together. Uh, oh, Air America. Air America, exactly. That right. was it. Um, where they were like uh, uh, CIA pilots, and I think they became drug runners or something like that. And they were they were kind of buddy buddy in that film, and I think they maintained a friendship after that. Um, oh. So I think there's I think there's a little uh, Mel Gibson in the real Kirk Lazarus, and and apparently the Kirk Lazarus character was originally supposed to be Irish. But uh, they changed it to oh. Australian when Robert Downey Jr. was like, I could improv more easily in an Australian accent than in an Irish accent. Because uh, Robert Downey Jr. had actually played an Australian character before. He played an Australian reporter in uh, Natural Born Killers for Oliver Stone. So, so oh, he had to get wow. the accent down. Huh. So. I was not aware of that. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And, mm -hmm. and the interesting thing is in this big action climax... It it starts paralleling the opening scene that we see in the movie, in the the the, the scene that they were yeah. shooting in the at the beginning, where everyone's trying to get to the chopper. Tug is left behind. Kirk Lazarus goes back for him. Um, everything that we saw play out, we're seeing play out for real. And <laughs> uh, like Kevin gets wounded, so it's yeah. There. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, um, you're just very quiet. I got nervous. No, no, no. I, I thought, I, yeah, you got quiet too. I thought you're you're describing the scene. You got caught up in the uh, emotion of it. 
Well, I yeah, I was caught up in the emotion, but I didn't want to dominate the conversation. So <laughs> it's like it's real, real tears. Talk. It is his birthday. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So like uh, basically, towards the end, it does mirror the beginning of the movie. We just saw the uh, scene they were acting out. Uh, they blow up the bridge. Yeah. You know, uh, then they they make their escape onto the helicopter. All the guys fly away, and yeah. um, as they're flying away. We hear somebody yelling Tug's name, and Tug's mm -hmm. like, "What?" And it turns out his agent Rick Peck is there with the TiVo. He's been, pro he's been right. promising it this entire movie. He just emerges out of the like, jungle, disheveled, like, but he's ho hoisting a TiVo above his head. <laughs> I got the TiVo. So, and so, yeah, so, so like he yeah. But then, and then at this point, um, the the little kid leader Tran, he has like a rocket launcher, and he's about to throw. He's about to shoot it at the helicopter, but then uh, Rick Peck throws the TiVo up in the air, mm -hmm. and like the rocket launcher hits the TiVo instead and right. blows up, and the guys are able to get away in the helicopter. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and then we find out that whole thing was just like the clip. That they were showing at the Oscars, where mm -hmm. all of the uh, actors are at now. Yeah, it, it goes to the next year's Oscar ceremony, and we find out that Tug Speedman has been nominated for Best Actor for making a movie called Tropic Blunder, uh, like the true story of the. I, I forget the whole subtitle. It's an absurdly long subtitle, but they right. made a movie of their misadventures making the Tropic Thunder movie, and yeah. Tug it's Speedman. Like Army of Dark. Was it called that? That Apocalypse Now, Army of Darkness, or something like that. Like, Heart uh, of Darkness. That documentary they made about the yeah, thing. yeah, and actually on on the DVD they have a, a fake trailer for a fake documentary about the making of <laughs> this this movie, and that's sort of parroting the Heart of Darkness uh, trailer. So meta. yeah, gets very meta. Um, yeah. and it and, turns out, uh, yeah, it's, it turned out Tug won the Oscar for it. Yeah, yeah, and and we and one of the other nominees was Tobey Maguire for Satan's Alley. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see, it all and, comes full circle. Yeah, and 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 we also see Tom Hanks in there. He's like in a wheelchair, and there's like, and we we have a cameo from John Voight, who's like really disappointed that he didn't win yeah. Best Actor. That's um, and we see the other actors at the Oscars ceremony. We see uh, Kevin Sandusky. He's there with his crush Jennifer Love Hewitt. Uh, we see. Right. We see uh, uh, Jack Black's character with Alicia Silverstone, and and then and we see Al Pacino there with Lance Bass. Lance Bass, look, that got a huge pop in the audience when I saw it. Yeah. I remember everybody's like, "Oh, Lance!" Look I mean, that. people did not see that coming because I mean, Lance has become like this very stereotypical gay name, so it didn't really tip their hand when he said he had a crush on Lance. But yeah, it turns right. out to be Lance Bass from was he in In Sync or the Backstreet Boys? I forget. In sync, duh, God. Okay, okay. all right. Um, <laughs> but, it's, it's, like you, it's like you don't even get the newsletter. Jeez. I don't, you know. I was in my 20s when those bands hit, so I was not the target <laughs> audience. <laughs> so was I. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so uh, presumably Al Pacino is now out, and he's in a happy relationship with Lance Bass. Um uh, and and yeah, so that's that's the movie. We you know everybody goes home happy. Tug wins an Oscar. Apparently, their careers are all in a better place now. Yeah, and then they cut to um, uh, Les Grossman and uh, Bill, you know, his mm -hmm. assistant Bill Hader talking about, well, you know, you saved Tug's career. 
Yeah. You, you, the movie made all this money. Everything. Won you know, eight right? Oscars. <laughs> huh? You won eight Oscars. Oh. Wait, yeah, eight Oscars, and like, I guess all wells that end well. And then the movie kind of ends on, I don't know, I'm going to say it, it's like kind of a weak note, even though I know a lot of yeah. people liked it in the theaters, mm-hmm. but I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It just basically ends with um, uh, Bill Hader's character going off stage, and it's just Les Grossman by himself kind right. of walking around his office. And then yeah. he puts, and then he puts on like a ludicrous th- song and just starts dancing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I know people love that in the theaters, and people still like it. I I watched, and I was like, this doesn't I, feel like it. This don't feel right. Yeah, honestly, if I have one criticism of this movie, it is there is just a little too much Les Grossman. Um, it's it's yeah. a funny gag at first, but he gets old pretty fast. Um, you know, once the novelty of seeing Tom Cruise in the fat suit wear off, there's not a lot there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I totally and, agree. Yeah, and I think I think they they went to that well just a little too often. I think less, uh, pardon the pun, but less would have been a little more. <laughs> hey, oh, there you go. Uh, uh, you know, if if I I could have done with a scene or two less of Les Grossman, but less less. Yeah, but that is my only criticism. I think otherwise, I think this is a a great movie. I mean, it 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 sets everything up beautifully. It pays off everything it sets up. Every character has an arc. Which is really yeah. exceptional. There's there's really not a lot of dead wood in this movie. No, um, it's pretty. It's a strong movie. I mean, I like this movie a lot because I think this was like around time, around the same time that like a lot of the Apatow movies were kind of coming yeah. into prominence. And I do like yeah. Apatow movies, but I will admit there are like a lot of times where it just seems like he's keeping in a lot of riffing yeah. in his movies, yeah. like mm-hmm. you know, just a, like like a lot of takes that you should that should that should have been cut. Right, like, right. Like, it, it can get very self-indulgent. Um, yeah, like a yeah. lot of kind of uh, like like a lot of improv, like Kirby enthusiasm, something like that, where you're just kind of like yeah, riffing yeah. and skiddle bee bopping and whatever. And, and, and like this movie isn't that. It's like very structured. It kind of feels like it has a like an old '80s comedy feel, where it's like mm-hmm. you know this, this is this is the dialogue, this is the character, this is the structure, this is what we're doing. These are the beats, but like very. And I don't know, it has an old school feel, which I appreciate it. I, well, I mean, uh, there is improv in this movie. I mean, they, I watched it with the, the commentary and, you know, they, like Ben Stiller says several times, oh, like this was an improv by such and so. This was, you know, this was something we threw in. But they're always, they always, it's always in service of the story. They, they never forget the threads of the story and it never just like stops the movie dead for five minutes while we riff and we have a lot of different lines that we couldn't bear to cut any of them. Uh, so I think see, that's that's a thing. That's see, that's a thing that's in a lot of Apatow movies where like it'll he'll just kind of let you know like there'll be somebody in the scene that's dressed a weird way and then yeah. somebody will be like oh you look like blah 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 you look like blah 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 you look yeah. like blah 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 and then he'll leave all of that in and it's like yeah. this is this is indulging you know this isn't moving the story at all you're just kind of goofing yeah. around it's all funny but let's let's yeah, uh, yeah. Let's get a movie. I mean, yeah, uh, most Apatow movies—they're—they're they're funny, but they're usually like thirty to forty minutes too long, and that's a big reason why <laughs> they, they get—they <laughs> get very self-indulgent. And but—but uh, but this movie, I—I uh, I think you know, it's—it's it's very lean, mean. You know, it's almost—it's very efficient. You know, that's—that's uh, that's a weird word to use for a comedy, but I—it does it really well. Uh, you know. Yeah. To back up a, a few minutes, there was there was one gag that I I really kind of loved, which was um, 
when, when Tug Speedman is running across the exploding bridge, we see an explosion go off behind him, and right. he he he's carried by the shockwave. But they do a little uh, uh, spoof of Mission Impossible Three, where the explosion goes off behind him, and he he flies off to the side, which makes no sense from a physics standpoint. <laughs> but, I did notice that. <laughs> but that happened in, in Mission Impossible 3, and I, I really wonder what Tom Cruise's reaction was when he saw that. <laughs> Tom Cruise like, hey, that's supposed to be about me, man? Yeah. But it is fun to see Tom Cruise uh, in a comedy role. He doesn't do that a whole lot. But, uh, but yeah, I agree with you. It's a lot, lot of less and, you know, not the strongest note to end the movie on, but but people yeah. seem to like but it. Other than that, mm -hmm. yeah, but, yeah, but other than that, I thought this movie was uh, pretty legit, and I'm glad I got to watch it again. Still holds up. Yeah, it's been a long time since I'd revisited it, and it was it was really a, a pleasant surprise. It was even better than I remembered. Uh, it's got some real funny, quotable lines, and uh, yeah, yeah really, really fun. So if you haven't checked out uh, Tropic Thunder in a while, Give it another watch. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so uh, I put out the word on Twitter that we were doing uh, Tropic Thunder. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, we heard from you guys. Uh, we got Manette Marathi saying, with all this uncertainty about what will happen with SNL, one thing that is for certain is that the behind the scenes for season 45 in the next LFNY book will be amazing. Well, I mean, that doesn't have anything to do with the movie, but I just figured, let's say it. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, uh, it th that brings up an interesting point because uh, SNL they're they're off for this week and next week. Uh, they already announced their host for uh, March twenty eighth, which was going to be John Krasinski. But with no. so many late night shows on hiatus right now, and people not wanting gatherings of over two hundred fifty people uh, just to help contain the coronavirus as much as possible. Uh, I think there's a real question if SNL is going to come back or not. It, um, uh, I don't know. It's this is a wait and see. I think we're I think we're in an area where none of us have ever been in this position before. So we're all just kind of playing it by ear. Like I mean, we don't. I don't know. We don't have anybody in charge to tell us what's going on, really. I'm, but so I, I think I if I had to guess, and this is just a guess on my part, I think SNL is just in a wait and see thing. Uh, they'll have to you know, figure out by the 23rd. So they've got about, you know, a week to figure this out if they're going to go through and do a show or not. And, sure. uh, but I would not be surprised if uh, they announced that that, that show is going to be canceled or delayed. Um, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Which would be a shame, but you know, it's understandable. These are extraordinary circumstances. Um, first. Uh, we, let's see, we have uh, from Racine, Ox Toby uh, at Chick Buck Boyle uh, uh, says, uh, please talk about the DVD commentary. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. stays in character as Kirk Lazarus in character as Lincoln Osiris up until the very end. And yeah, that is a very interesting thing. Uh, RDJ has that line. I don't drop character until I do the DVD commentary. And he is true to his word and he stays in character as Lincoln Osiris uh, for the entire commentary. It's pretty surreal because, like, yeah. that's the one where Justin Theroux and Ben Stiller are on, and, and they're both Ben Stiller and Justin Theroux talking. And Jack well. Black and Ben Stiller. Oh, and ja oh, and ja was it Jack Black and Ben Stiller? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, so, Justin yeah, Jack Black and Ben Stiller. Yeah. Yeah. 
but uh just but robert downey jr he's not robert downey jr he's yeah. you know lincoln osiris until the point where he takes off his makeup and then he goes uh, to being the australian yeah uh, blue-eyed kirk lazarus yeah yeah it's, uh, it's, it's it's surreal to say the least yeah, yeah, he uh, he he drops the character Lincoln Osiris at the same point that Kirk Lazarus does in the movie. Then he's Australian for the next ten minutes or so of the commentary, and then he's RDJ at the very end, uh, and it's it's pretty entertaining. Um, <laughs> and and I don't think that uh, Jack Black and and Ben Stiller knew for sure that he was going to do that. He just did that on the commentary, so it's it's kind of fun. It's uh, it's an interesting lesson. He's a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. Yep. Yep. So let's see. We uh... uh Oh, we've got Sarah for, at Conscious Deer eighty eight saying, "So excited for this episode. This was uh -huh. one of those movies that I didn't think I'd enjoy, and I still love it." And uh, Tom <laughs> yeah. Glasscock saying, yeah, oh, "You've been Tom talking to me this whole time." Yeah, you've been nice talking to me this whole time. Movie. <laughs> uh, there's there's a neat uh, a scene where it's just the the guys were wandering through the jungle and Jay Baruchel in character is just talking about uh, HD DVD versus Blu-ray, which was like the big format war uh, 10, 12 years ago. And and, and Baruchel's just talking about like, well, you know, it seems like where you know the two determining factors are video games and porn, and that's and that's why like. You know, we went with Blu-ray because uh, PlayStation 3 had the Blu-ray built into it. And and Robert Downey Jr. just goes, you've been talking to me this whole time. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, uh, we got another one. Uh, Cinephiliac says, great movie. The Robert Downey Jr. blackface was controversial and clearly intended to be provocative even then. But in the wake of more recent incidents, would be would it be impossible to make now? Will this movie get canceled like The Breakfast Club? Um, oh, the breakfast. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Then... The breakfast club? Oh, oh, okay. No, he says, he follows up and says, uh, brain fart, I meant 16 candles. If okay. you read my question on the podcast, please correct that, guys. So, sorry, okay. I didn't see your second tweet when I was reading the first, but yeah, you meant 16 candles because, yeah, 16 candles hasn't aged all that great uh, in certain aspects. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Revenge of the Nerd, same thing you could say. There's yeah, we got. Well, that was a big eighties movie thing. We had a lot of racial stereotypes in the eighties movies. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, well, you go ahead, Darren. I don't know. What do you think? I think I think the black gentleman should should weigh in on this first. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't think. Um, I think in today's world, I don't think this this would be able to get made the way it is. I mean. Sure. I, I mean, I, I mean, I understand why they like, you know, with the blackface or anything, but like, they're not making fun of black people. They're making fun of actors who take themselves too seriously to the extreme that they would do that. Or, right. and then, you know, the simple Jack thing, they're not making fun of handicapped people as much as they're making fun of the Academy and like their views on, or like how they perceive it. Um, right. right. And also, I mean, the way like you, you could say the way like Asian people are portrayed, you could say the fact that there's no, Women in this movie, I think with all those things, I don't think this would be able to get made today. It's, I don't know. But I mean, I still love the movie. I think it's, I still think yeah. it's hilarious. I, I think I'm, I'm going to disagree with you there. I think, if really? you, I think if you made it as skillfully as this movie was made, I think you could. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's like I said earlier, there are a lot of potential minefields 
in doing this movie. And, and, you know, they ran into some blowback with, with the simple Jack stuff and, and like a little bit with the RDJ blackface. Um, but I, I think because they did most everything right. And, you know, and I, I, the big thing is they have the character being called out throughout the movie. Yeah, that was a big deal. If, if you did not have the Al Pacino character in there, this would get uncomfortable, you know? Right. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, you'd have to, like you said, they, the way they dodged it, it was pretty yeah. like masterful. Like, I don't know if anybody would want to go through that, yeah. to, you know, in these days and times. I'd rather be like, all right, I'd rather just not do it and do yeah. something they, that won't, they would won't think, be canceled. Yeah. They, you know, they would think it's not worth the risk. Um, right. Which, understandable. I can, I can, I can get that. Um, yeah. Uh, I think you could do it, but it would be very tricky. You know, that, okay. that's, that's where I weigh in. Um, so yeah. I, I, I would say most people probably couldn't pull this off, but, uh, but Ben Stiller and, and his, his co-writers, Eden Cohen and Justin Theroux, and you have an incredibly skillful actor like Robert Downey Jr. doing it, and you have the incredible makeup of Rick Baker. Without uh, any yeah. of those elements, I don't see it working. I think I'll agree with that. I could dig that. Mm-hmm. So, All right, so um, and, that's, and that's our episode, guys. That's about it. That's about it. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything else we we need to note. Um, so, yeah, so we'll see. Um, you know, next week we're going to cover another SNL movie. I don't think we've totally settled on what we're doing yet. We've got some ideas, but... Uh, we got some things percolating. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, maybe we'll maybe we'll throw a poll up on the uh, on the Twitter account and see what what the people want us to to do. Hey, yeah, all right. We'll leave it to the people. A true yeah, democracy. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll come up with some candidates and uh, put up a poll. You can put up to four poll options. Uh, so we'll we'll figure it out. Um, yeah, because we you know we don't know. You know, SNL. It's off for at least one more week. But you know, we don't know. Who knows? Our our local libraries may close, so it may it may all go up in flames. We may we may be even more limited in our selections than we usually are. So we might be limited to what's currently on streaming or in our personal uh, DVD and Blu-ray collections. So, but we'll see. We'll figure out something fun, and then uh, you know, we'll see where the show goes from there. Absolutely. So uh, I think that is about it. So and anything else you want to say? We, we, we should tell the folks where to follow us on the social media. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah that thing. Uh, yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you can find me at Darincredible, D-A-R-I-N, credible. And you can follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Trumbull Comic, T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L, comic. And you can follow the show's Twitter page at SNL Nerds Show. And uh, please uh, give us a follow on there. Uh, share the podcast, give us a review on the podcast app of your choice, and uh, check us out at uh, non-productive.com and check out the other shows on the Non-Productive Network, and uh, donate to our Patreon. Please do. Give us money. Help us keep the lights on. Just, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Yep, 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 yep. But, uh, so, in the meantime, I think that's it. We'll see you next week, and until then, Nerds, nerds out! 
This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablaoui. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.